Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? On today's episode, Noelle and I are going to talk about the concept of community building and uh, Amigo. What is that, Noelle? Imago. 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 I was like, is that a Japanese SUV? What exactly is that? No, it's so let's let's pull the the wool back a little bit and um thanks for joining me today this is a really fun topic i've been thinking about community building a lot and writing about it uh in relationship to imago relationship therapy Mm. so um imago has a, a concept that when people are attracted to each other it's based on relationship theory, but I kind of want to expand it to talk about really all relationships, not just romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. The theory is that you seek out other people because they give you something that you didn't receive in childhood mm-hmm. and something that you might want for yourself. Right. So, and this is looking- a, this is kind of a, a usually a subconscious thing, correct? Something that sometimes we're not aware of, or are we? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I think it is something we're aware of. I think people have a type. Yeah. I think people uh, know what they look for in a partner. I think that they may not be totally conscious of why. Right. Um, the Imago theory is that you're either trying to heal past hurts and get something that you didn't have or to replicate something that was really good that you want in your life. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's either uh, being attracted to people who smell familiar because of what you're used to from growing up or um, filling holes of uh, things that you didn't get. Exactly. And it's this theory is so great to look at because it's understanding yourself through lots of different lenses, right? So the, the three lenses that I tend to look at in my own coaching work as a feminist coach are I look through the feminist lens and then I look through the relationship lens and then I look through the community lens as far as our organization and what we do. So, and this is a really good example for coaches of how you can take a single theory and apply different lenses to it in your work. So if I'm working with a, with a woman on this concept and I'm coming from a feminist perspective, you know, you have to think about women as a colonized minority, that women grow up learning that the world is unsafe, that women grow up learning that they uh, need a man to give them access to certain spaces, right? So using the Imago theory, say there's a woman who's looking at the world and saying, I want to travel. I want to go to concerts. I want to access all of these spaces that the world has told me aren't safe for me by myself. She might find a male partner in order to gain those things. Yeah, and then looking at it through the lens of, you know, relationships, um, a lot of times people fall into relationship because they see in their partner something that they want for themselves, whether it's a social group or even a clothing style or a way of being. And usually what happens is the partners either grow together Mm -hmm. or they split. Right. And then looking at it from a community perspective, it's your friends. It's who you surround yourself with. 
And I think that this is kind of the new piece that I'd like to introduce and do some work around, you know, for my own research and writing is what does it mean to apply the Imago theory to community building? And how can you consciously use this phenomenon to benefit yourself in life and to build uh, people around you in a way that give you things that you either need, that you want, or that you need to heal? Yeah, I love the idea of uh, uh, engaging with people to carry you. Uh, And I don't mean carry you like, you know, (laughs) you're not going to do any work, but uh, this idea of creating a space and that space becomes the engine that's either going to sharpen and promote your growth or stunt it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Then it means that you don't have to carry all the weight, (laughs) you know. Well, it's really impossible to carry all the weight. And and we're seeing, you know, in society right now, there are so many different things happening. Isolation is a really big problem. And it's it's physical isolation, it's social isolation. And even though people are more connected than ever via technology, that doesn't mean they're real relationships. That doesn't mean it's somebody who you can actually call if you need something. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of... Um fast, uh, like sugar connection, you know, hits of dopamine, um, but not a lot of deeper interpersonal connection. Exactly. Because of the, yep. And when you have deeper interpersonal connection, the hits of dopamine are then followed through with serotonin, which is a regulator. And so you leave a, a night with some great friends or your soul was fed feeling really recharged. And if you spend the night by yourself on Facebook, you'll feel really depleted and kind of jacked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you this: Can it change the the, theory, the, change? the concept? So, can what you seek um, in community, uh, because you know uh, you didn't have that growing up, or because it it actually smells familiar or whatever, can that change? You know, throughout life, like can it? Oh, it does change throughout life. So that's one of the main reasons why relationships end and right. and communities shift. So when it changes in community, so in relationships, yeah, when when there's that change and people, you know, start either growing apart or toward, um, that happens all the time. But in communities, what do you do when you have uh, built a solid community and you find yourself um, now swaying or changing or, or craving something different? You find a new one. Yeah. I mean, we're the people that you were hanging out with 10 years ago, the same as the people you're hanging out with now? No. I mean, they're still in my life, but not as much. Not as much. Right. So you got what you needed from a core friend group to resolve, you know, your expectations for company and identity. And now 10 years later, it's different. Yeah. Um, I get this all the time from clients, especially clients my age, uh, craving community, but it's so difficult when you're in your you know, 30s and 40s to actually go out and find friends. It really is. I talked about this with a client yesterday, and she's an entrepreneur, and she's the primary breadwinner in her family, and very few people understand what that's like to have the entrepreneurial crush, which is very different from having a normal job. Mm, And then also to, you know, have the entire weight of responsibility for your family on your shoulders. And so seeking friendships, it would be really important for her to find other people 
who can see her clearly. Mm. And this, I think it's Maslow, right? Being seen, heard, and understood. Yeah. Is the most important thing for humans. So, you know, coming from this choosing your community perspective, it, what what choosing a community does for you, and if you're listening, if you're seeking and you're thinking, well, how the hell do I do this? It's finding people that you can be unmasked with, mm. who can see you authentically and fully, who can understand you in the context of your life and who can do it in a shame-free, judgment-free environment. And I know that sounds like a fairy tale, but it's really, really not if you do the work. Um, the paragraph you just said, as you were saying that, reminded me of what we're building in our community. It's exactly what we're building in our community. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and that's why we're building it in our community is because so few people have the space to be themselves and to be themselves fully. And when we hit on that note and people started responding, it was like, oh, hell yeah, this is what authentic love feels like. And I, you know, the concept of Valentine's Day just passed. So let's talk about the concept of love and how it plays into it. From a neurobiological perspective, what love actually is requires two things. It requires eye contact with another human or dog. Um, and it requires an agreement in that moment for mutual care. And what people don't realize about love neurobiologically is that it only takes a micro moment for it to exist. It can be your Uber driver that you have a really nice conversation with. It can be the person who hands you your coffee at Starbucks. It can be your mom. It can be your dog. It can be your neighbor. It can be your best friend. And you don't have to define love in a binary. So what if we blow the doors off and say, oh my gosh, let's do it in community. Right. So I fall in love with people every day then. Me too. Every day. <laughs> I love I love that definition of love. It really um, brings it into moments and and um, takes away the pressure of um, you know this love being this big uh, commitment and this uh, you know complicated thing. Instead, uh, this idea that you know you can actually experience love with anyone um, each day and all different types of people. Each day. And, and I think the most beautiful aspect of it is an agreement for mutual care. How easy. Yeah, right. And, and you define what that, that looks like, right? Exactly. You define what that looks like. Right. It could 100%. be opening a door. It could be opening a door at Starbucks. That's the agreement. Of, or it could be, uh, you know, making love physically. Yep, totally. And as we're talking about Imago, it's important to understand that um, just like any anything, it can, it can be negative or positive. So, you know, you want to be aware when you're looking at friends, when you're looking at partners, when you're looking at community that you could be feeding yourself in unhealthy ways for unmet needs, um, or you could be doing it in healthy ways for needs that, you know, you want things that you want to grow and change with. So it's, it can be both. And I, and I think we see that, um, in toxic friend groups, the phenomenons of, um, there's a really interesting phenomenon called fat talk. Mm, Have you that? ever heard of that? No, no, no. So fat talk goes along with social contagion theory. And if a person joins a group where that the people in that group continuously 
put their own bodies down or pick their own bodies apart or pick apart the bodies of other people, individual one will not only start doing it too, but will also start to feel poorly about his or her own body Mm. where that negativity may not have existed. So that's a really good example of how joining a group can be detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have experienced um, in fitness, um, the, the way that I push myself and the joy I get from a workout when I'm working out in a, a group or with my friends is exponentially higher than if I'm, say, by myself working out at home. And, th- and that's so interesting. What do you think it is about the group that makes you happy? Uh, part of it is a social thing. Uh, the other part of it is them making you accountable. So when you are with a group, <coughs> you push yourself more because you're going with the current of the group, right? So if they go harder, you go harder. Um, whether you're catching up or you're being competitive, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. But using the community um, almost as a, uh, as a vehicle. That's a really great example of an agreement for mutual care. Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, it's also a, a way that now, um, whether we're talking about fitness, yoga, any kind of uh, class, because classes are, are so predominant in our culture now, uh, it's a way for us to bring back the concept of a tribe. Yes, it is. And I think what we're talking about here is in-person exchange. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is I feel like, and I don't know if it's happened yet or, or you may disagree, um, I feel like we're going to come full circle. I feel like if if we keep craving and, and putting effort into um, building communities and spending time with other people, um, and also like you know, like like the definition of love, like you just said, eye contact and an agreement of, for mutual care, it's like we're bringing back um, – tribes and and tribal communities and kind of how we used to live before, um, you know, the industrial revolution. A hundred percent. And it's so scary for people to think about what it's like to put themselves out there in community. I'm sure you experienced this on your book tour. What was it like for you to be meeting people from our community that you may have known virtually, or they have made, they have known you virtually, and then to bring it into the real life? Uh, Fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of disappointing them. Uh, be, so the other layer is because the internet and the way that we portray ourselves, um, whether we do it on purpose or not, it may not match uh, who you are in person. So for me, you know, because I write a lot and people read my words, uh, there's a lot of room for them to imagine me a certain way or a certain type of person, certain personality. And then I always fear that when I meet them in, in, in real life that I'm going to disappoint them. Do you, did that did that happen? Did you have that experience? What actually happened? Because those were your fears. So yeah, what actually that. happened was um, well, and then, and then the greatest fear would be that no one would show up. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did what happened was um, everyone showed up more than I thought, and um, it was extremely meaningful, and there was uh, tons of eye contact and hugs, and uh, it was lovely. I didn't have any. Um, so there, so I actually jumped into a lot of micro communities, whether they be CrossFit boxes or book signings, and they were all lovely. Like uh, it was awesome, awesome, just real people. Um, I was at uh, we were killing time, and I was at a pub, and even like on my Instagram stories, I was like, if anyone's around, jump in. And someone did come in, uh, just straight up stranger off the streets, and we had a lovely, amazing conversation. And, and uh, she was an acupuncturist, and 
So things like that, it was really surprising at how now the internet is not – it's not like you know you just meet someone online and you think they're a weirdo. Um, it's just kind of become the norm. Yeah, and that's super awesome. And I, and I think it's super important to model this kind of behavior of being fearless and getting out into community. I'm going to start doing it uh, next month in April for our company, Journey and the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive, bopping around the country to meet Catalysts and anyone who's interested in our program. I'm going to be in Atlanta April 3rd through 7th. And then in June, we'll be in Stratton, Vermont. And then in August, we'll be in Denver. And then in September, we'll be in Brooklyn. So if you guys are listening, get in touch. I'd love to see you. I'd love to have coffee and hang out and talk about life and break the break the virtual barrier. Yeah, you know what? The uh, idea of this um, having a personal tour is is like is, like you don't just have to be a band, you know. Um, you could actually uh, meet people who you have exchanged with on the internet, some kind of exchange, and um, bop around the country, and that is its own thing. Like a hundred percent. I yeah. mean, I'm going to see our coaches. Um, I'm going because I'll be on tour with Wanderlust for uh, for Journey Coaching, um, but. It, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Those personal connections are so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, um, just this last year, we were doing that and I was in Vermont and we were in Palm Springs and uh, it's a whole new level of our company and our community that I'm now finding so valuable. It's a whole different yes. layer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's new. It's 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 I mean, it's an old concept concept living in tribe living in community but this concept of really being intentional with it yeah. and and almost using it to your benefit because there are so many layers so just even in in this brief time we've been talking we talked we touched on so many different theories of human development we touched on imago we touched on the neurobiological biological definition of love uh we touched on you know pre-industrial revolution society formation and we can look at it through all of these academic lenses and say, you know, this is why we have empirical study yeah. is because we're doing it. And you and I are noticing that it's making a really big difference in people's lives and then trying to figure it out and saying, well, what's the theory? How does it work psychologically? And then as coaches, you know, we're all about the future focus. How do you harness goodness and bring it forward with you into the future mm. what are the it's like what's the recipe for this stuff right well guys if you're listening and i don't know where you're at in your life or if you feel uh lonely or isolated and you're thirsty for community we encourage you to join our community um, use the internet as a tool and uh, build support build foundation build soil um if not it, you're you're going to go the other way because the internet can also um, keep us isolated and alone in our bedrooms. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And meet Noel on the Noel Cordor tour <laughs> that's coming up. Um, she is ten times better in person than just audio. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, be well. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.